Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Real quick, I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> Tyler, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, good morning. I am an immigrant. I was born in Belarus in the former Soviet Union. I, I came here when I was uh, three. Uh, I lived in Queens in Rigo Park for two years in a studio apartment with five, six, seven, yeah. eight family members. So I can I can relate to that grind and that hustle. I, I literally didn't even know my dad for the first 14 years of my life because he would leave before I would wake up and get home after I fell asleep. First as a stock boy in a liquor store making two bucks an hour and then eventually a manager and, uh, and then you know, immigrants, and I'm sure some of you know this, immigrants have really figured out the secret uh, of American business which is don't spend any money on dumb shit for 10 years, <laughs> save it all and then buy something, right? And so that's what my dad did, you know, uh, and he bought a small liquor store in Springfield, New Jersey. Uh, I grew up in Edison, New Jersey. You know, lemonade stands, shoveling snow, uh, you know, baseball cards. You know, it's so crazy for me that I get to live through the era where an entrepreneur is cool. You know, like this is like the fact that I take 10 selfies a day blows my fucking mind. You know, the fact that like hip hop artists that I love DM me, you know, like, like it's just so crazy and it's happened, right? It's happened for sports. I think a lot of people forget, in the 1950s, baseball players and football players had jobs during the summer at like hardware stores, right? Like everything gets its day and I think there's nothing more Americana than the entrepreneur, than the business person and so I'm just fortunate. You know, when I was your age, I was a loser by a lot of people's uh, POV because I was a terrible student and the narrative 25 years ago was that entrepreneurship was not a feasible way out. That the only way out was Yale and Harvard and and Cornell, like school was the only benchmark that created opportunity and so for me, um, I'm excited about this entrepreneurial thing but at the same token, to be very frank, one of the things that I wanna try to dissect in our Q&A now is I also think it's gone a little bit too far in the other direction. I think everybody thinks they're going to be a, a winning entrepreneur. You know, it's funny, everybody says they're an entrepreneur. That's like me saying I'm a basketball player. That's cool, like it's fun that I get to run at the YMCA a couple times but I don't get paid, right? I'm not an NBA all-star and I think what's happening right now is people are putting the word entrepreneur in their Instagram profile and they think it's a wrap, right? Like <laughs> They think they're gonna make it and this and that and it's extremely hard. It's extremely lonely. Like there, it, it's an incredible, listen, if, if, you're, if you want this, you need to understand that there's a lot of stuff that people are not talking about. Nobody in my tech startup world is talking about the suicides that are happening when kids fail. You know, Maple, the food service that was supposed to be so big, folded yesterday. Like, this is happening every day, right? And everybody's, everybody thinks, you know, it's so easy. And, it, and the reason they think it's so easy is I grew up, when I was your age, like, you couldn't roll up on people and say here's my idea and they give you a million dollars on a four million dollar valuation, right? Like, like that was insane, that's not how it was and I think the other thing that I'm fearful of, especially when I look around the room, there's a couple of us, you know, but for the majority of you, you know, we've had a good economy now for the last seven or eight years. 
right? And for a lot of you, seven or eight years ago, you're a real youngster. And so you haven't lived through when the world melts. You know, I lived through the collapse of dot-com 2000 and then right behind it, 9-11 and then 2007 and eight. And I've navigated my businesses through that. That's hard. Everybody's a peacetime general, but who's a wartime general? Everybody's really great when people like, you know, everybody's a hero when you can like print a logo on a t-shirt and say, I've got a fashion brand, right? But what about actually building something sustainable that you can eat on, things of that nature? And so for me, I'm not trying to discourage. I'm just trying to paint a very real picture. This is a long game. Like from 22 to 30, I did nothing. I worked 15 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. You know, it's, you know, it was funny, I was talking at a talk the other day, I was like, uh, like it was a Friday, I go, tomorrow, more of you are gonna have a sat- more Saturdays off in your 20s than I did in my entire 20s, tomorrow. You know, I, because Saturday's the biggest day of retail, and like that's when we sold the most wine, so I just was there every single Saturday of every 20 to, thir- to 30 years old, 10 years, every fucking Saturday. And so when people, you know, Everybody, all the cliche shit that we all talk, I'm grinding, I'm hustling, you know, like I'm doing this. I laugh because I look at people's Insta and they're fucking, you know, at Coachella, you know? <laughs> so, so, so I think there's a mix, right? There's a mix because entrepreneurship has also gotten cool. I said something at a talk that really resonates with me, which is like, oh fuck, club promoters have taken over entrepreneurship. Right? We're putting it on this pedestal, you know, and now with the way that Instagram dominates our world, right, and the visuals of watches and private jets and girls and guys and boats and champagne, I'm just like, fuck, 99% of people are gonna lose. And what I'm scared of is if people actually knew what to do, which is eat shit, like work real hard, be real patient. You know, you know what I would wish on you more than anything? More than anything, and I'm looking around the room, our wonderful cops back there, a couple of people here, like there's seven or eight of us that know this, the rest of you don't, which is if you knew that at 40, you felt the same way inside as you do at 20, it would fuck with your head. If you actually knew how on fire, like I think we're friends. Like I think we're the same age, it's crazy. When I was 22, my cousin was in the business, he was 30, right? He was eight years older than me. I thought he, I thought he was old as fuck. Like I remember, like that's not super long ago. I was 22, he was 30, he was old as shit. So when I sit here and I'm 41, I'm like fuck these kids think I'm real fucking old. (laughs) And I feel fucking as young as you, right? Like and, and if you knew that, if you knew that, you would get way more patient. If you knew that, you would get way more patient. I promise you the number one thing that I'm trying to leave here with is to get a couple of you to get real fucking patient. Cause that is the singular advantage. If you actually don't give a fuck the way I didn't of what people think about you all through your 20s, like you just don't care. Like you literally don't. And you just build something for yourself, you have a much better chance. So many people here will fail in their entrepreneurial you know, journeys because they're worried about what people think. That's just what it is, my man. That's just what it is. People are worried about what other people think, how many followers they have, how good the business is doing, what they're doing, where they're going, what they're wearing. It doesn't fucking matter. And especially doesn't matter if you pour all that energy into building something and then at 33, you're winning and they're resetting. Mm. 
and if you and if you really knew how young you would be at 33, it would really change everything. Like that's the thing. It's it's. I'm trying to really put the words together because I'm going back to that time. It's just hard, right? Like it's hard. It's hard when you're that young. It's hard to realize you'll feel that young. I, I just don't know how to say it. I really don't know how to say it. And I, I, I don't, but I want to say it with conviction so that a couple of you believe me. But you have to build an actual business that makes money. Like, if you're going into the tech business, if you want to build an app, it's hard. Like, for every single Snapchat and Instagram, there's eight million Insta shits, you know? Like, everybody fails, and we get seduced by the two or three people that don't, right? And it's really funny. I went to, uh, I went to Mount Ida College, right? It was 94% African-American Latino, real minority college, and every single person wanted to be a rapper, right? It was 1994, everybody was gonna, and I remember thinking like, wow, this is some delusional shit, right? Like, 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 how are you gonna be a rapper if you're not writing? How are you gonna be a rapper if you're not in the studio? How are you gonna be a rapper if you're not like hustling? And it's funny, like the white boy version of that now is tech. Like everybody thinks they're gonna build Snapchat and Instagram. And I'm like, how are you gonna do that when you're at Coachella? How are you gonna do that if you're out every night? How are you gonna do that when you're raising money? And you're, you know, you know it's funny, raising money has been so detrimental to the startup community. Like it doesn't take a hero to lose $30,000 a month. Everybody in here can do that. You know, and so, a couple things I wanna get across and I wanna really go into Q&A. Like, get, and get real like detailed, because I'm here. I'm not coming back. So, <laughs> so, let's take advantage of it. You know what I mean? You know, so, the couple things that I think you need to really wrap your head around is it's for life. 99% of the kids that walk into my office or I come across, they're trying to flip their shit, which means they're doing it for the money. And when you're doing it just for the money, you've got way less chance to actually make the money. So if you build a business, if you're in the mentality, you get more true. You build much better foundation. Basically, like if, build, if you're thinking about like building a house, everybody's worried about like decorating the fucking room and like what lighting are you gonna have or what color is your wallpaper. And meanwhile, the cement you built the house on is shit and it's not gonna matter because the first time it's gonna rain, your shit's gonna fall. Right? And so that's, everybody's just jumping. Everybody's so impatient. You want to, and listen, I get it. I look around this room and I associate. You know, I don't look exactly like everybody, but I can't come from that same kind of place with a lot of people, right? When you have that chip on your shoulder, the hardest thing to do is patience. Right? And there's so many narratives, whether you came from nothing, whether your parents, you know, whether your sibling is going to Yale. Like, there's a million different chips, and we've all got them. And the hardest thing to do when you've got a chip on your shoulder, is to wait. Because you can't wait to be like, fucking told you, right? Like everybody's living for that. Like I love that, I live for that. But the best way to do that is to actually pull it off and the best way to pull it off is to put it into a 10 year window, a 20 year window, and everybody's in a 10 month window. You know, everybody rolls up to me and is like, I'm gonna be a millionaire by 27. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, cool. Mazel tov. You know, like, 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 you know, like, there's, it's, it's, it's the wrong mentality and the youth right now because of the pedestal of entrepreneurship and the PR nature. You guys know this. Your fucking Instagram and Snapchat is basically you PRing yourself to the world. Like, you're getting that perfect lighting. You're waiting for that perfect. You guys are even doing shit just for the fucking selfie. You're like, I really don't want to go out, but fuck it. I'll go there and get the, you know, like, like, 
People are actually doing stuff now just for the selfie itself. So like we're painting this image and underneath in the reality, everybody's gonna lose. Everybody's gonna lose. And so like how do you build your brand? How do you build your app? That takes a lot of work. Like real, you've gotta love the work. The thing that really I got lucky with, and that's DNA, right? Like when I was four, like, I didn't read a business book or go to a Gary Vee talk to get motivated at six years old to think it was fun instead of playing to stand behind a table and sell lemonade every single fucking day. You know, that's just DNA. And so I don't sit here easily and be like, do this, because it's not easy. Like you've got your DNA, you've got the things that come natural to you. But I will tell you why I'm successful, because I like the grind. Because I feed off the journey. Because I love the process. Because I like the pain. I like the phone call that I had to have this morning about a tough situation. Shit's pressure. You know, you build a business, you're just managing people. It's a lot of stress, you know, and so, but I love that. And you gotta decide if you love that. Like if you're the person in your family that loves to have everybody's fucking problems on you and you try to navigate it, now, now I'm hearing something that makes me think, okay, you might be able to build a business. But if you're not, like then you may really wanna be the number three or the number six. You may wanna catch that tiger by the tail of somebody that you see can eat shit 24-7, 365 and what you're good at is you're really fucking organized. You're really fucking creative. You're a really great salesperson. A lot of people getting confused with being a good salesman and woman with being a good entrepreneur. They're very different things. You've gotta figure yourself out. The key is self-awareness, right? The key is self-awareness. I suck at most things. Really, I just suck shit at most things. But I know what I'm good at and I go all in. And all the people we admire, that's what they do too. They're not good at everything. They're good at something and then they just go deep, right? And so I would highly recommend the other thing that I'd love for you to leave here with besides patience is start being honest with yourself. I know what you wanna be. I wanna be six foot five, the quarterback of the Jets, bang supermodels and have a trillion dollars. I get it. I understand people want to do things. I get it. I understand you want an island and drilling or raise a family or, or start a cooking. I understand what you want, but it's much better to understand what you are and build around that and triple down on those skills. Like for example, for me, I really like people. And so I'm a very HR driven CEO. You emailed and said, hey, I'm super pumped. You're gonna be speaking at my school. I'm like, come with me. You know, like, I, like, that's good. That's gonna build our relationship. How long have you been at Vayner? Since, well, I was an intern. I know that. Uh, <laughs> I got hired in January. Right, so like, we're now five, six months in. We're, we could go two years without interacting if serendipity, if she doesn't take me up on my open door policy. But when she emails, she's like, that's really cool that you're gonna be there. I'm like, come with me. Not because of anything else, but I wanna build a relationship with my employees. So I know that I'm good at that. So that's why we're HR driven. That's why the chief heart officer is the most important person, not the CFO, not the CO, her and me. And like, like so that's just, you know, that's not what a lot of people think on the outside, especially if they watch my videos or where I'm competitive or when I'm on stage like this, when I'm most crass and aggressive. But that is who I am and that's what I've tripled down on. Right? And so you need to figure that out about yourself. One thing, I'll leave with this and I really, really want to do Q&A. Number 18 at Instagram made a lot more money than number one of a billion different companies. Number six at Google, number 42 at Facebook, number 113 at you know, Bain and McKinsey. They made a lot more money than number one of a billion other things. So please, 
please make sure, and I, I know the entrepreneurial clubs here, and I'm, I'm not trying to suppress it. I'm trying to get people to get self-aware because that's where all the upside is, you know? And you could be a co-founder or a number three and really, really win. You gotta put yourself in that lane, so. Those are some shits on my mind. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
and the process of finding that can be a very uh, daunting. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you suggest one does um, to? Uh, I know keeping an open mind and. I got one. I got an answer for you. Okay. Because this has been asked for me for the last ten years since Crush It came so out. But it's. Whole... I don't have. I don't have like the right answer, but I have one answer that has resonated the most, which is. I think a lot of people are trying to find their passion and they're like, okay, cool, if I love it, then that gives me a better chance to build a business. I would say the one thing is I would take a step back and reframe it. Instead of looking for it, let it come to you is how I think about it. So what I would do is when you're not looking for your passion and you and your crew are like talking about what you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it, what do you do, right? Like to me, it's like what are you doing when you're not trying to build a business? whether that's music or sports or shopping or fishing or coding, like what are you doing when you could be doing anything? And like th- that's why eSports fucks with me. Cause I'm, I'm 41, right? Which means I grew up with all the kids that were like the early video, we were the early video game crew. Like Nintendo fucked with our heads, you know? We're like, oh my God, you know? And we were playing and everybody was told not to play Right? And I think about all those kids that were like the best Madden players in the first year or two, or the best players at all, you know, Doom and all that shit. And like they were talked into being lawyers, yet they could be making four million dollars a year now as esports stars. And if they would have just followed their passion, which is in you know, 15 years ago, if you're like video games, everybody would have laughed you out of this room. Like, what are you doing video games for? Like, that's a waste of time, right? Right? That's a waste of time. And now You've got people making five, 10, 15, 100 million dollars a year being video game players. So I would, I would ask, first of all, you got a lot of time. Back to patience, I'm glad you brought that up. And two, just audit what you're doing when you're not thinking about business. Like, and, you know, and those are always the hard businesses, the sports business, the music business, the fashion business, those are hard. Everybody likes them, that's why they're big businesses, but you should at least start there. You're better off failing in that and then resetting as, you know, now you're 27, you went for it in, in sports, you, you know, you picked up other passions along the way, you're like, oh, I found out about food, or I like jazz now, or, you know, it's fucking crazy how lifelong, how long life is, my man. Yep, you got it. Oh, uh, hey, Gary. Hey, man. My name is Glenn. Um, so I just had a question on your, you always, you know, you, you're always talking about owning the jazz one day, and yes. stuff like that. Um, how often do you sit down and really focus on uh, a bigger, like, just expanding, you know, just your vision? Um, like, what is, what is your, like, process for really sitting down and really getting to think bigger and push yourself to the limit and, like, be so, you know, the dream so... How do I, like, manifest? scary, you know, yeah. like, how, like... What's what the mindset? You, yeah, what's your mindset behind that? And how do I, like, process? Yeah, like, you know, um, like... Why do you do that? Why do you dream big? Like why, what's the purpose of it? Because some people dream big, but you know. Yeah, it's a good question. Really want to achieve it, like what's, what's the. So let, let him hold on to the mic for a second, just in case. So first of all, I hate that my dream is to buy the New York Jets. I'll tell you why, because, I mean, for a lot of reasons, they're fucking <laughs> pissing me off. But, you know, um, because it's a vain one, right? It's not super noble. It's not like the kind of thing that I can like, it's not like I want to like, like, 
you know, when I work on Pencils of Promise or you know, I'm going to Ghana in a couple weeks, like, those are things I feel proud of. Like when I'm a charity water and we're trying to literally cure like, clean water around the world, like, that's where you can feel like a good man. You're like, buying the Jets seems fucking one worse version of the fucking shit that's going on on Instagram, you know? Like, but it's my truth. You know, what people don't know, because they shouldn't spend this much time knowing my shit is, I learned how to speak English by watching the Jets. Like, I used to get made fun of and picked on because I couldn't speak English, but the first time I went outside and kids were throwing a Jets football around, they made me feel like welcomed and it's the first time I felt like an American kid and it's like, it got deep in me. You know, it's my truth. And somewhere around fourth grade, as I started playing, I'll never forget it, Waukeel Shaw ran me over like a truck and I, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm more likely to own the Jets than play for them. <laughs> you know? And so somewhere around fourth grade, I was like, yeah, that's how I'm gonna do it. And then I never let go of it. And then to be very honest with you, I don't think about a lot of things other than the process. Like everybody's always like making these manifesto boards and fucking writing down what they're gonna do. I'm just like, you know, I've got that one thing. I'm gonna buy the Jets, cool. You know, what's really great about shooting big is if you fall short, it's still big, you know? And so that's why I get pissed when somebody rolls in and's like, when I'm 32, I'm gonna be a millionaire. I'm like, cool. Like, that, like go bigger. If you're 22, you got time to go bigger. You can settle on that. And if you're doing that, then you become short term. Then you're about the money. When you wanna buy something for $4 billion, you can't even worry about the money in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, right? Because it's so big, like that money's bad actually because if you get the money and spend it on dumb shit, you're not getting there. So I'm punting. My lifestyle is pretty humble in the scheme of things because I don't want to waste the money on private jets. I need it for the New York Jets. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, so, so my process is to not think about it. You know, I've said it, it's been there forever and and then I just make it about the work. So you say the one time, you just keep on, it's just in the back of your mind, you I do make decisions based on it, right? I sold 30% of VaynerMedia to Steven Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, because he specifically was an NFL owner, there's only 32 of them, I wanted to get on the inside, you know, I go to the Super Bowl, I hang out with the other owners, even if I make the money, they got, those fuckers have to vote me in, like, you know, that's an inside club, you know, so you got, you know, so I'm chipping away at that. I do do make some decisions on that, lots of decisions on that, but to be very honest with you, and it's a good time to say it, I don't really want to buy the Jets. I just want to try to buy the Jets. Thanks for being here. Sure. Uh, I'm Navindra. Uh, so I work with my buddy Alio, and we made lights for skateboards for nighttime safety. And, <laughs> awesome. Uh, Part of what we did with marketing was collaborating with uh, like brand ambassadors and stuff like that. Sure. And I noticed that it really didn't really focus on getting us a purchase from people. It really just focused on getting their followers onto our kind of platform. Yep. But I wondered uh, how long do you think typically decision making it does for like buying something? I Listen, that? if you're able to siphon fans from other people with those endorsement deals and get them onto your platform, that's a win. It's up to you now to actually get them to actually buy. Getting people to the place is super important. Closing's a whole different skill. So now A, is your product good enough? Like, I always, listen, I'm a big time marketer, um, but I always tell people, I'm like, if your product is shit, there's nothing I can do, right? I can just let a lot more people know your product is shit, you know? <laughs> so, so A, first of all, you gotta make sure the product's right. B, 
have you asked? So like the question is, if I went to your Instagram right now, have you also just put out you know, fly pictures and cool shit? Or have you actually said, you know, he, link in our profile, buy our shit? Like have you thrown that right hook? Yes, yeah, and I so you, link to great. the website, everything. Right, and so if you're not converting, the next thing I would do is I would literally DM every single person that follows you and ask them why not. Ask them like, hey, we've done some stuff, we're just, you know, like, you don't wanna say, hey, we're doing a survey, because I'm like, fuck you, but like, hey, you know, like, quick question, like, you know, you know, obviously you gotta be smart, you gotta be, you gotta be, yeah, you gotta be one-on-one, you gotta be like, hey, Karen, you know, thanks for following us, quick question, right? And then you gotta remember how Instagram works in the DM, it only shows the first couple words, so you gotta test different words that get more people out, like, you gotta be smart, because if it's like, hey, Karen, then, she might be out, but if it's like, quick question, she might look, or like, got something for you, she'll definitely look. Like, you've gotta be smart, like, what people understand is, there's, there's the clouds and the dirt, right? And when you watch me and Daily V, I'm giving you the clouds, right? Because I can't give you the dirt because it's usually dirt for my clients and I can't share it. But what I just did for you, that's the dirt. Understanding how everything works, you have to be a practitioner. I gotta be a plumber, not just an architect. And that's why I'm different than most people that look like me. I'm in it. I'm doing the work. I understand how this shit works. I understand how to get people to swipe up in an Instagram ad and watch a four minute video from, excuse me, on a Snapchat ad and get to watch a four minute video. Most people haven't even run a Snapchat ad yet. I understand why it's smart to buy filters around 20,000, like you should be buying filters around skate parks, and you know? Like if you're doing that, that's awesome, makes me happy. Like, and you should be smart though. You should buy it from 4 p.m. on so you catch both waves of after school, not just at nine where you catch one. Like, there's, this, is, this is detail shit. Perfect, thanks. Hi, I'm Ishmael. I'm the Vice President of Marketing for the Entrepreneurial Club. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'm seeing the struggle firsthand. Sure. I'm struggling. Sure. Uh, not really my dad because he wasn't really here for me. Understood. I've seen struggle in the face. How do you soften the blow? How do how do how do you, how does one soften the blow of what they see? Of like struggle because it's like I'm a student. You know, I struggle here. I struggle there. So how do I soften that blow? By realizing you have no fucking choice. <laughs> like you know, like that's that's the not fun answer, yeah. right? Like. I wish I could come with a little bit more honey for you, but the reality is, like, I think it's better to go the other way, right? Like, I think it's like, it is what it is. Like, you could dwell on that struggle, which is very real, or you could change your perspective and be like, okay, it's, the odds of becoming a human being are 400 trillion to one. You are more likely to win the mega millions in your life nine times than to actually have a life. So. You could say, fuck it, like, I got this life, it's not as good as rich white kid that got a $400 trillion trust fund, but at the same token, and let me tell you this, I look at that face and I'm like, do you know how, do you know how sad I am for my kids? I'm being dead serious. You may think it's funny, I don't want that life. I love this narrative, I like the admiration. When you get trust fund babied, you get disrespected. Like, like my, I look at this with, I look at you with way more respect 
than my homies that have everything handed to them because I'm like, you had it handed, like that's not fun either. I've spent time, with, like I used to think that was fun. I've spent time with them, they're real fucked up. Like, I'm serious, like it's, you know, everybody's grass is greener on the other side, I get it, and like, I don't wanna be like, hey, it really sucks to be a trillionaire kid, it doesn't. But, there's plenty of suicide and fucked up depression and all that. I think the right answer, man, is like to realize you got what you got, and it's like poker, right? You might have not gotten the best hand in your perspective, but you still have a shot. You know, like, my favorite story of my life is playing checkers with the founder of Uber, Travis. We're at this fancy fucking conference in Hawaii and we're playing checkers, right? Cause like two in the morning, it's like, no, no, we're just playing fucking checkers, right? <laughs> and I'm in deep shit. Like it's over, like he's got me. Like, it's like if you've ever played checkers, I'm finished. And so I'm like, fuck man, I really don't wanna lose this match. <laughs> and, so, and so I decide to, I think about it for a little bit and cut like over a couple moves and I decide to make pretend that I made a move that I'm upset about hoping that he reacts to it quickly. So I make this move and I go fuck and like try to make pretend that I need to go back but like my hand was up already so he jumps me which set up a triple jump for me and I won. That's how I think about your life. You know? Thank you man. Thank you man. Listen, listen, the other thing is perspective. I've, I've been to Harlem plenty, not, you know, like not as much as you obviously, but when, when, you, when, you go to, when you go to Ghana, when you go to other places, like, there's a lot of people out there, man. Like, you know, the trip that I said a lot of my friends to that come from inner city coasts is Mississippi. Like, like, like perspective is a funny thing. Like, I just think there's only one person on earth that's allowed to complain. Like, there's, you know, the seven plus billion of us and there's literally somebody who's in last place. Like on the rank, right? Right? They're in a cave right now as a, as a human slave or something. I'm being, you know, I'm, this is weird but this is true. There's somebody who's in last place. And unless you're that person, you can't complain. And I think if you take that mindset, it gets real good. And, and that doesn't take out of the equation being a minority, being a female, being poor, being born to, you know, really difficult parent situation. Like, that doesn't eliminate it. I'm just trying to figure out what the mindset is to get out of it. Because if you're on the defense, you're on the defense. Because I see the same thing happen with the kid who sits and complains, a friend of mine who literally, literally, literally has $20 million in the bank as a trust fund kid, he's losing. Everything out of his mouth is defense. Like, and it sounds ridiculous, but you sit there and it's another human being and that's their problem, right? Nobody thinks, everybody disrespects me, I'm a loser, this and that, like, that's life. You got it. Hi, Gary. This Hi. Is Kayla. How uh, are you? Out. This is very surreal for me, Sakara. I actually grew up in Edison. Right no way. JP. Yeah. I love so, it. Did you go to John Adams Middle School? No, I actually went to Marcus Prep, so I moved to Franklin. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my, my brother went there. Um, so very surreal because I've been watching, I went watch my fine library back in 07. <laughs> I love it. You're OG. Yeah. Nobody else gets anything remotely close to that now, right? <laughs> That's how it starts. That's it. It's over. She was smart. She won. Let's move on. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, I guess I can't ask you to shadow me. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so, uh, me and my friend are just starting up a business and we want to expand a lot during the summer. What kind and, of business is it? Uh, we're doing like an ag tech, an ag tech startup. Yep. And uh, so we're trying to like bring on more people and we're just wondering like how much time should we spend on like getting good people versus trying to bring people on quickly and also to have them like share within the vision of the company. Is the company in a place where you're getting a lot of deal flow and clients? Uh, no, not really. So, are you trying to bring on engi- engineers to, to build it out? More, yeah, engineers and stuff 
then I would go with good. I'd be a little bit more paid. The only time I think you should overexpand and be just hiring C's and D's and just hoping that some are good is when the business pressure of like people want to give you money and, and you're, because of lack of people you're saying no. But when you're actually building the product, you know, a bad engineer can really set you back, right? And yeah. so, are both of you engineers or one of you? Yeah, an, we're both engineers. So that's great. That you got, like, I, <laughs> entrepreneurship has created some funny ass shit, including two non-technical co-founders building technical products and outsourcing and getting fucked. So that you guys are in a good spot. What I would do, to be frank, you're young, right? Like, I think you should be spending every minute on it. Like, I think you should be interviewing people at 10 p.m., at 11 p.m., at 6 a.m. Like, I would just be, I would try to get 20, 15, 10 interviews into a day instead of three, four, five. That's how I would probably attack it because you're gonna need to win on quality. Are you having, are you guys having a problem with deal flow of getting good talent? Um, we, I think we just need to talk to more people. Uh, we're, I'm trying to like reach out to people but I'm still trying to like get more people to, inter- to interview with us. Are you guys spending any time in communities like Meetup or Reddit or other places where there's a scale of pe- like people talking? No, but I think we need to start doing that more. We uh, kind yeah. of just got into the I mean, process. Awesome. Yeah. The good thing is you're teched out, right? So like yeah. you, know, you know, you know, what's so crazy, and I think you guys, some of you know this, it's crazy that bulletin boards are still around and like kind of real, right? Like so I know when a lot of my engineering talent is looking for talent, it's stunning to me that they go into some of these Ruby or Python bulletin boards even. You know, Slack channels, I think is a place where you can siphon some re- public Slack channels, is a place where I think you can find some engineers. So there's some, some details I think you can use. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm Gary, my name is Jared. I've watched your content for a while, so there's thank a lot you. of things that I think is like really awesome, so thank you for being thank here. Thank you. Um, I'm actually just starting a business now myself Good. Um, with a few friends, we're awesome. the design phase, and I wanted to know, when it comes to, of course, designing and then marketing and building a website, there's only three of us. Do you think it's smarter to focus on one thing at a time? Do you think it's what, What's the business? It's for, it's for skateboarding, to protect okay. your shoes from like any damage that can happen to it while you're like stopping. Or so you're, you, have you designed the product yet? It's basically finished, we just have to manufacture. And so, is there anything stopping you? Is it money, is it the right partner? Is there anything stopping you from manufacturing it? Well, not right now. Money is definitely an issue, but we're working towards that right now. Okay, and so, you're gonna clearly sell this on Shopify, right? I've never heard of Shopify. (laughs) So, you should definitely build it on Shopify because that means you won't have to really build the site, so you'll be set there, so that's good. Okay. Um, I'm glad you came to this talk and heard about Shopify. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I think you're, you're in motion, right? If you get yeah. the product, the site's gonna be, once you Google out Shopify and learn how to do it, that's a really low cost way to be into retail, so that's huge. And then, uh, and then on the marketing front, I think it's hardcore influencer marketing. Obviously, you've got to, back to your thing, you might have gotten the wrong influencers, right? Like maybe they gave you yeah, like I realized that getting the top tier guys doesn't really do anything. You gotta get the B-level guys. Yeah. The long tail's always more interesting because a lot of people really pay, like if somebody has 18,000 followers, a lot of times those 18,000 are really watching and following. You start getting to that high level, it just becomes passive in one's feed. Uh-huh. So you gotta find the right influencers okay. and you just gotta scrap, right? You just gotta get awareness, you know? But shoot for the moon. Like you should hit up and like you should slide into the DM of like every single major skateboarder in the world and ask them to put you on and 99.999% of them will say no but if one says yes, 
everything changes. It's just grind. It just, it's a game of numbers. Like, do you have the perseverance? Like, do you love no the way I love no? I love no. You know, because no gets followed up by I fucking told you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I hear it. Um, <laughs> my question isn't necessarily entrepreneurship sure, related, no it's worries. more personal branding Let's related. Um, how can college seniors and recent grads start building a personal brand to potentially build a business mm-hmm. or to get hired at a company they want to get hired? Talk about shit you know, Kenny. That's it. Yep. <laughs> you know, everybody's trying to build a personal brand. It became this thing. It's crazy, you're holding crush it. Like when I wrote that, people didn't even know what the word meant, right? Like people laughed at the book you're holding. Like cause you have to stand, it's 10 years ago. Like the thought of like, go on YouTube. People didn't even know what YouTube was and Twitter was. Like I was like, go on YouTube. Like, I, you know, I went on CNN, all these people. I'm, literally, these are the interviews. You can find them on Google, like on YouTube. Like I'm like, go on YouTube and Twitter and the host, this is like CNN, the hosts are like, what's YouTube? Like, like it's, it seems crazy now, but Everybody wants to do that. Like the way you build a personal brand is people want to follow you, right? So why would people want to follow you? You're pretty, you're funny, you're smart, you're motivating. Like, like you gotta have something, but the thing to do is not to front. Everybody's playing an act, which is a house of cards. You need to speak your truth. The reason- Document don't create. Document don't create. Like, like all those people just gave you daps because you're clearly a likable dude. Like that's gonna play out. That's a winning formula. That's the shit I had too, right? I just also, first of all, and and this is something you gotta think about, I also just decided to put my head down for 12 years before building a personal brand because it was a lot more fun to build a personal brand around building an actual business, you know? The reason I came up with Document Don't Create was it gives a kid like you a shot. So you could, you know, you could either put your head down for 15 years, pop out and then start building, or right now you could just be like, I'm Kenny, like I got, this is what I got going on, right? Like not much yet. Like I'm, I'm not gonna give you business advice when I haven't built a fucking business, but I could surely tell you what fucking kids fuck with right now. Like, you know, like you could talk about your life, culture, like everybody wants to, like listen, if you, like I knew, this gets a little bit into younger than this demo, but you might have some younger nieces, nephew, kids. I knew slime and spinners were coming. Cause I watch eight year olds. So like, you know how much money I could have made by buying fucking a bunch of spinners in China and selling them on Amazon? There's people making 100,000 racks. Like fucking real money. Like real money. Like every week on Amazon because nine months ago they saw kids gonna fuck with spinners and they started buying a shitload of them in China and they ranked first on Amazon. Like, peop- like everybody in the world wants to know what you guys fuck with. Every fashion brand, every soda brand, every sneaker brand, so tell them. You know how valuable of a show and how many people would follow you if your day was walking around this campus and just asking people like, what's your favorite song? What's your favorite soda? What's your favorite brand? That's valuable. I'm interested. Do you think personal branding will eventually replace the resume? Sure, if you define it as, I definitely don't give a fuck what your resume says. I'm far more interested in what our interview is gonna feel like and if I'm intrigued, I'm definitely going to your social to figure out who you are. Like I know when jet players are not gonna be good by the way they treat their friends and women on social media. It's crazy. I'm like, this guy's a fucking piece of shit. Sure enough, sucks. Like, you know, like, 
It's cr- people are, it's, hell yeah. What, am I gonna listen to your bullshit piece of paper versus your actions? You're welcome. Hey, what's up, Gary? Um, <laughs> that was a little swag right there, like a little finger roll to Mike. Uh, my name is Ariel, and I want to give you a shout out for giving a shout out to Reezy Resells. <laughs> yes. Which is actually, I actually met him this weekend and watching Amazon. Uh, Larry's going to chat yep. you one day. So, my question is I'm a senior electrical engineering. However, I've been having dreams lately of like um, helping my, my dad in Ecuador. I love he it. He has a business there. But um, I'm, I'm doing the Amazon thing, I'm a senior, and I got a few things lined up for the next And the Amazon, Amazon thing, just so everybody learns, is you're buying shit stores and reselling it on Amazon and making a profit. Exactly. I don't even want to get into, I don't know if you guys heard, you know this whole thing started because I was on Breakfast Club, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. And Envy tried to call me out, tried to fucking gas me up. I was like, okay, Envy, fuck you, watch this. And I, dro- <laughs> and I dropped the whole thing. And it's, guys, I'm getting 500 emails a month right now from people like, I make $23,000 a year, we're broke, I've got $40,000 in credit card debt, I live with eight family members, and this shit changed, like I go to Marshalls now every day, and I'm making 200 extra bucks a week, like, it's crazy what's going on on Amazon and eBay. Like you can literally, if you got three hours, make hundreds of dollars every day by just going to stores like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and Dollar Store, scanning shit, looking for how much it's selling for on Amazon, buying it, and selling it. It's fucking, it's crazy, right? Yeah, like, what are you so, flipping? So I started flipping books, I'm doing wholesaling, and actually I pay for my daughter's daycare through that type of money. So that's really amazing. How I'm much gonna, time are you spending on it? I, I probably spent in the beginning probably like maybe 10 hours just watching YouTube videos and DMing people, but now I probably just spent like five, 10 hours, and it's incredible. Like I'm so five, 10, like, what do you? What, what? Five, 10 hours a week. Buying, going to places to no, buy? just researching products online. Got it, um, you're doing it all online. Uh, yeah, I'm doing all online. There's You're a, finding shit? Yeah, there's yep. a few um, extensions. I think one is mm-hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. and one is Jumbo Sky, which yep. I'm gonna purchase later on. Um, the app itself is ridiculous. You just literally scan up your whatever you have at home, and it just tells you how much it's worth. And it started with a five dollar investment, but um, I want a five dollar investment. I did that, and I'm making like a thousand dollars already within the next the last uh, four. One months. more time, break that down for me. How much of investment? So I started. That, the, the story is actually funny because I was walking home and then I, I found a web design book and I, I sold it to check. They gave me $6.50. Uh, I went to my girlfriend's library and I'm like, you got books you never read. Let me take those, flip them. So you stole books from the library? No, my, my girlfriend. <laughs> Your girlfriend did? Yeah, even yeah. better, even better. Because if it got caught, it was on her. I like you. I took that, I flipped it, uh, I made a few bucks of profit and then I just, it's, just redoing it. Guys, I'm telling you, if you need, like, this is just a different thing. If you actually want to be an entrepreneur, selling is always a good idea. Engineers, skateboard, it doesn't matter. Whatever your background is, selling, just to learn it, just to taste it, is a foundational thing. At the end of the day, it's what you're gonna do. You can build the best product, somebody's gonna sell it, you might as well have a little knowledge of it. Like, everybody should be grounded in selling. Right now, while you've got time, and you've got time, just so you know, lots of it. (laughs) Lots of it. Start going places and buying shit. Like get the app, the scanning apps on, on your phone. Like make two, three hundred dollars a week on your five to twelve hour investment of going places, listing it. Like it is a foundational thing that will serve you well and you might as well put a couple hundred bucks in your pocket each week too. And God forbid you stumble on something. Like this will happen and then, and then the spinner or the slime or something happens. 
where you walk into the right store doing the right closeout and you scan something and it's selling for 35 bucks on Amazon and it's $3 a piece and they got 400 of them and you've been saving up and making some money and you go all in, all of a sudden you got $4,000 on that $5 investment. And this is the emails, 500 emails a month that started with $9 now have $4,000. But that's a little less Madden that's a little less listening to all of Logic and Russ's songs on repeat 400 times a day. That's a little less hanging out. Like, it's work. So, yeah, I just wanna to touch on. Go ahead. So, I wanna help out my dad, but um, yeah. I don't know if it's feasible to do it overseas because I haven't made enough money to go over there. Do you think it's a good idea to do it? Because um, he's not really tech, so I don't know what. what What's he, he do? So, he, he builds products to like help uh, flowers last longer whether they come here or cool. they just, they're a lot more, I guess, greener, different colors. How old's your dad? He's probably like 60 something. But he got a PhD in like, um, I would say, the, the reason I asked you how old, I think, you know, I would wait, but at the same token, there's nothing like working with your family. Like, you know, maybe you can go back and forth. I, I, there, I'll, I'll tell you good news. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I think either way it's gonna be right. All right, cool, yeah, thank you. You got it. What's up, Gary? How are you, my man? Good, I'm Zay. Zay. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Um, so, I had a question regarding a little bit of entrepreneurship. Let's do it. Just a little bit I'm trying to start my own business like a lot of people here. Yep. I, I wouldn't work for myself. Work for others kind of sucks. I get it. <laughs> it's hard. But I'm wondering, like, we've heard of certain buzzwords like product, sales, etc. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit on how to when your product is an idea, is a concept, like a value system, like I'm built, I'm trying to build a web platform for fathers. Okay. That provides like community resources, things like that. Because um, I feel like that's like a lane that's not very addressed. I understand. It's, it's building now. I get it. Um, but when I became a father not too long ago, Congrats. I was like, yo, there's nothing out here for the men that yep. speak to me. So yep. we need that. <laughs> but at the same time, what I'm doing now, you know, I've got the blog, I'm starting to get more into regular YouTubing and yep. just kind of creating consistent content. You know, have that, that jab, jab, jab. You're not an idea, you're a media company. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you need to realize is you're a media company. And how do media companies make money? They make money on subscriptions. Mm. You've got to sell your content. What's hard about selling content is there's a lot of it out there. Like, a lot of people here don't wanna pay for content because sure, this person might be selling an $8 thing but they know they can find it for free somewhere else. We don't, we don't love to pay for content but if you're good enough, they will. And so here are a couple things you should do. Keep pumping out tons of content, it's your only shot. And then you've gotta build an actual fan base that cares about you, like personal brand, they have to care. They have to care enough to pay for something. If you have enough fans that love you, well then all of a sudden HarperCollins comes along and offers you $100,000 to write a book. That's one way to make money. If you have people that love you and care about you and you've brought them value, all of a sudden people might pay you $500 to give your first speech, right? Right. And then it builds, right? Or if they really love you and and they care about you and you've brought them value, maybe you start start doing a father's retreat, right? And, And maybe, a fan of yours owns some property upstate and so they don't charge you. And so now when you charge $200 a head and uh, 150 people come and you have no overhead because the fan you brought value to gave you the property for free. So you gotta treat yourself like a media company. 
And so it's not an idea, you just have to put that energy and that content and that fan base into buckets that you can monetize, but first, my man, you have to actually build a community. Which is what I'm working on now. I love it, so you know, just build the, right now is the time you should work for somebody, right? Nine to to three, just, right, get on, but it's that late night, it's the stuff I talk, Crush It was a breakthrough for me because I started talking about that 7 p.m. to two in the morning. Right, because I want to be practical. It's not like, hey, quit, it's gonna all be all right. It's gonna take you two years to get to a place to have leverage where people are gonna pay you for the things I just broke down. Yeah. What are you gonna do in those two years, right? So I'm a big fan of getting that job that's kind of lightweight and just paying you and it's easy. I don't care, stand behind the register of a slow store so you can work, now with phones, fuck. Yeah. Right, like when I wrote that, it was desktop computers. Now with a phone? You could be building your business while you're standing behind the register at Saks Fifth Avenue like nobody's up there. You're just building your shit. and getting paid. I love that. Go, go. <laughs> you're welcome. Hi Gary, uh, thank you for being here. I guess I'm gonna step away from like, the entrepreneur Let's uh, go. question. Uh, this is more like about morale overall with everything that's been going on. Yes. Last year, yes. Um, almost every notification you get from CNN, yes. Uh, New York Times, yes. Like, Negative. As like a immigrant, a woman, yes. Um, a sister of like a special ed child, yes. Um, <clears throat> how do you like? It's like the system's against you. How do you move on from that? You know, it's funny, right? Because I, I gave that young man the same answer. I, you know, and I spent a lot of time with minority female friends in the last year about this. Like, to me, I just try to remind them it's perspective. I genuinely, you know, what I'm about to say is very, very uncomfortable because I'm a white dude. But I'm gonna say it because I think it's my truth. I genuinely believe that happiness is much more of a mindset than people realize. You're more than welcome to look at those things and you're getting pounded by them. But I've been lucky my whole life, forget about being a dude, or just even when I was a bad student, I just don't listen. You know, I think that you've never had more opportunity than you have right now. I understand the propaganda that's being pushed, but the reality is the internet doesn't give a fuck. The market doesn't give a fuck. You know what's really funny? Like when it comes right down to it, people wanna make money, people wanna win, people wanna be happy. I just think you're way more in control than you think. Like, like I don't know what else to tell you, like what? Like now, you know, like obviously for the really unfortunate, listen, I didn't get my green card until I was like 19. Like my family like, you know, was procrastinating our citizenship. I think about it all the time like fuck, we could have got really caught. You know, like, like unless you're sitting with not the right paperwork, which I think is then a real conversation, I have no interest in like sitting on a soapbox, but if you're set and you're here, you have it really good. I don't care what people say, there's an unlimited amount of opportunity. First of all, old white dude, like angry white dude, they can't stop you. Like what are they gonna do? Like, the, like what? Like the, the cliche angry white dude that we're referring to isn't in a power position to begin with. Sure. Angry white dude, like all these 28 year old angry, like white, like they're losing. And like 64 year, like when you say really, let me tell you about 64 year old white dude. He wants to make money. And if a brown girl can do it for them, they're in. That's just the truth. That's the part that nobody talks about. Like, nobody's stopping you. 
Like, Jeff Sucker can be running CNN breaking news because he wants ratings and it might be tricking you, but you're letting it trick you. So I, I would change your mindset. Like, you got, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you can, you can, it's hard. Do I think it's harder for you? Yep, and? I think so, right? Like, it's, like people need to be reminded. Like people, like, you know, it's so weird, but like I was, I'm telling you, like the little bubble I lived in, and again, some of the 40 year olds here know, like it was only school. Like I was an F student, I had no chance. Like, I think you can win. I'm positive you can win. You just need to start changing your mindset. Fuck them. I would do a lot of listening and I would do a lot of documenting. You know, like the media is what's powerful, right? So if you're trying to make a change, first know what change you're trying to make, listen to the community, don't be idealistic of what you want. You know, one of the things that's been really interesting as I've gotten into social efforts and things of that nature is people have their opinion of what they want for the community, not what the community wants for themselves, right? People get on their high horse how they want it to be. So first thing I would say is, you know, you may look exactly like them, but make sure you hear them because it's a psychological game, right? Not a facade game, you know? So first, know what they want. Once you understand what they want, literally with your iPhone, making videos and posting them on Facebook and Instagram, we live in the greatest time ever. We're in control of the media. The media runs shit. Why do you think dictators or when there's a coup in a country, they take over the media first? The media makes you think shit. That beautiful, wonderful woman right there believes those fuckers pumping that negativity. Cause that's what, that's, we're humans. I get it, I'm not mad at you, that's the game. So the fact that we now have that at our fingertips, like film, post, distribute, do you know how much money that cost a media company? My man over there, like Z, like for me to say you're a media company, that's crazy. You needed people to pick you. You needed to wait four years. You need to get lucky in Hollywood. You need to have 800 people put you on and take all your money out. It's all you. The internet changed everything. It is the biggest change in our society. We grossly underestimate it. You take it for granted. We underestimate it. It's the biggest shift in human culture ever. And that's why I'm optimistic. That's why I'm optimistic. Because you have so many options. That's why I'm optimistic that you can actually make a change where you couldn't have 30 years ago unless you were one very special human of all time. Now you can make that change. Create content around the true stories that people need to hear. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Uh, so taking back all the Bronzy. Yes. <laughs> so I started uh, Christian Apparel Line on Shopify. Christian, Christian apparel. apparel line on Shopify. On Shopify about eight months ago. You heard about Shopify. <laughs> <laughs> about, about eight months ago, the journey. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there are, there's a greater cause behind the apparel. So it's not the apparel that I'm selling. Right sure. Now. So, and, um, so I'm really focused on putting that in the front line, emphasizing the why, the purpose. And I haven't been so much on. What's the, techni- what's the technical details besides it being Christian? You know, like what happens with the money? You donating uh, all of it? No, not, at the moment, no. <laughs> I understand. But my question is though, is that I'm really, I've been really focused on actually um, providing. The reason I asked that question and made that joke is you need, to be make, you need to really make sure that you walk the fine line. When you get into cause or good right. for profit, you need to make sure you're not full of shit or people will smell it. Right. And it's okay, you should make money. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure, you, you know, like, 
I love when people are like, oh, I'm, you know, so Tom Shoes, remember that back in the day? I was super friendly with him. He came from a decent place. Like he actually, he was the first guy who was like, fuck it, like I really wanna make these shoes and I wanna really give a pair of shoes. But then every fucking huckster entrepreneur came through. My office was like, okay, cool, yo, listen, check. I'm starting an umbrella company and when you buy one umbrella, I give one umbrella to the kids that get rained on, right? Like everybody's just making, like people are just making up shit. And then I would look under the hood and I'd be like, why is your candy bar where you're donating one twice the price of every candy bar? Oh, I see, you wanna keep all the money still but you want to front like you're doing some good so your pr- shit is double the price. You're not actually giving, you're inflating the price so that you can look like a good Christian. Right. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. Right. No. I'm saying you need to be careful because that's what everybody's thinking. Right, so my question is because in, on the flip side. Go ahead. I'm extremely focused on the purpose, the cause behind it. Yes. And I'm not salesy enough. Understood. So I was wondering what would be like some suggestions in like balancing that out. Well, what do you think salesy means to you? Well, I think that's what it is. I think it's more of a perspective thing. You know, I've been retail my for a long time growing up and um, I don't know if it's like it's been pushed upon me like, oh, you got to sell it, do that. And, and so you know. became visceral to it? Yeah, I think that's what it is. So, now so what about I'm just more... running Facebook ads against Christian Americans with $100,000 income levels? Right. So I, I've done that. And? Um, I'm trying to still emphasize the messages behind it rather than the t-shirt itself. So I'm still looking for that balance. So how are you doing that? Um, that's one of my concerns right now, so. Um, you what? Know. So you need to pump content. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm currently doing that. Okay. Um, but the sales aren't keeping enough, right. enough, right? Right. So why'd you stop doing the Facebook ads? They didn't work? Uh, I decided to revamp my entire website and just um, sit back, strategize, put my head down, and now I'm going to continue on with the Facebook advertisement. Yep. Yeah. To be very frank, I just think it sounds like it's early. Yeah. Like I think you're just having an early talk right now. Right. Like patience seems to be the word that's running through my head. I'm like, you know, you clearly know what you got to do. Right. Like put, you know, create content about the purpose behind it, mm-hmm. and run ads and try to sell the other stuff. And if you feel like you're not salesy enough, hire a partner or a head of sales to like worry about that. So you can put all. It sounds like maybe you don't want to put your energy in that. And maybe you need somebody to focus on the sales so that you can focus on the purpose. Right. Thank you. Patience. You know, just keep pulling levers. Also, hashtags, Christian hashtags on Instagram. Click it, see the top nine posts. Right, click. DM, DM, good. Hey, good morning. Uh, morning. Chris, Chris. Uh, I want to piggyback on your idea about no choice earlier. Yes. So I was forced into entrepreneurship because I can't legally work for a company. Understood. In at first, I thought it sucked, but yep. it's been the most empowering thing that I've had over the past couple of years. Um, but my friends still all have like two or three side hustles. So I wanted to uh, get your view on uh, what you think about a side hustle and whether or not folks should just drop it and focus on one. I, I'm, I think you've got to know the person, right? So like, I do think, if you look at the data, like focusing on one business always works out better than three. Like, you know, I always sit, tell kids when they roll in, they're like, all right, yo, I've got this umbrella company, I got a sneaker company, I got a babysitting company, oh, and I sell like bananas on the side, right? I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, when you got four businesses, you have no businesses, right? So, but I look at myself, I've got my core businesses, but I'm so entrepreneurial and I love the action so much. I do side things here and there. I almost always lose because I'm not focused on it and I'm relying on somebody else, but I need that action 
to make me actually do my main thing. Like the side stuff, you know, it's like a good meal, right? Like I like the sea bass, but like the English peas, I need that too to make the whole meal, right? And so I think that you've got, it's more reverse engineering the person, you know? But I do think that it's much more fun to start creating side hustles after you have something that's stable and can afford the loss of the side hustle instead of thinking the right strategy is three things because you do definitely get stretched in and it's very, guys, 99% of small businesses don't win. Like, when are we gonna accept the math? It's hard, right? Like, we're just, the vibe feels like half of us are gonna make it. One person in this room's gonna make it. Like, for real, you know? Because when shit hits the fan, I, I can't say it enough. When, when the market crashes, that's when you have to have a big enough business to get through. There's a lot of people here in 24 months that might be on their way, but then the money falls out and people aren't buying anymore. Then your suppliers want their money. And you know, like just. So, it's 10 a.m., we're running kind of like right out of time. We, we, can't, we can't kill this guy. Last yeah. question with him. Cool, awesome. Thank you for that. My name is Gerard Gary. Thanks for being a Pat McAfee show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so my question is, I'm transitioning to taking over my father's business. Yes. Helping him out, rather. Yes. Uh, it's an Eastern European grocery store in Delhi. Love in it. So the demographics changed uh, due to some of his personal issues and flaws. We've lost a lot of his customer base. Because of the way how he rolls? As an alcoholic and drinking the job, yeah. <laughs> Respect. Personal laundry, sorry. Yep. Um, so between social media, doing community events, and a lack of capital, what can I do to invest and try to bring back some revenue into the business? So you're gonna you're gonna be so it's a it's a deli and a what? Uh, deli grocery store. Right, like um, and and lack of capital, and what else? Back credit as well. Um, Reputation has declined as a part of his uh, flaws. And he'll be cool with you becoming more of the public face because he knows it needs to get saved. I'm currently going through some barriers with him. Yeah, because you know, I noticed how I asked a pretty unique question. Yeah. Like everybody would assume sure, right? Look, sometimes things fail for those reasons. If your dad is able to have the humility that he knows he has no other choice but to let you become the face because of the damage control, then you got a prayer because then you can go on heavy offense of creating content on an hourly basis that puts you at the forefront. And what's great about local businesses is it won't take long for the word of mouth to go, right? And, and I'm gonna assume, like, it also sounds like, has, the, has he had the business for a long time? 30 years. I knew it, so great. So like, a lot of people don't want it to go. Like, underlining, you know, if, if it's a more recent phenomenon, people are as much sad as they are mad, right? So I think if you can get your face in front of it, and then I would start just doing, um, I would start doing guerrilla marketing, like stunt marketing. Like the only thing you've really got as an asset is your inventory, right? So I would start doing, th- I mean this is a risky move, this is really what I would do. I would start doing, I've been, I've been thinking about doing this for, Vayner, uh, for Wine Library, I wanna do something called Free Food Friday. Like literally, literally, just give away $20 gourmet credits at Wine Library on Fridays for like four hours just to see what the fuck would happen. Just to see how many people show up. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, obviously you can't take that big of a financial risk, but maybe a version of that to like start giving back to the community. I would do really weird shit like 
I've got a really weird one for you. I think that the first day it snows, that you should, no, stick with me here. I think you should go, I think you should go and shovel people's yards as a thank you for being a customer. Like, stuff that's stunty, that could like change the mood, right? Like, when you need to change the momentum, you can't change it by doing little things, right? You need to do big things, weird things, things that capture people, you know, owning and like we want to give back to the community. So like, a lot of community stuff, um, I, would, I would literally put a search query around that entire town on Twitter and Instagram and I would literally, as the business, reply to every single fucking comment. Like if you're going into the business, right, you're gonna be similar to how I rolled in. You're just gonna be sitting there, right? You're gonna be fucking sitting there. So the fuck, man, if I had a fucking mobile phone when I was sitting there, I would've been able to do even more damage, right? And you can just literally search your town, Porchester, like you search it, look at every photo and just fucking pound, 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 you know? Like you see some kid who's got like 4,000 followers because he's from a local high school drinking a Gatorade, DM and be like, yo, I'll give you Gatorade free for this whole month. Come through, take a photo with me. Like it can happen fast. You see where I'm going? Your asset, credit's a problem, like you're going into a fire, right? But you still have product, some, right? Like I'm sure there's food in there, there's stuff in there. Beautiful, that's your ammo. Your ammo is your hustle and the fucking product. Thank you. You're welcome. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I think Gary deserves like a really big round of applause. <laughs> hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary V Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.